Let's get ready to grumble. How in the world do we solve inequality in this world? Everything that they put out there is always kind of a band-aid, right? It's it's always kind of like, well, if we give these people $5 more an hour, or if we give them access to even free college, or maybe we you know, provide them with food every month, something like that, that that'll fix inequality. <clears throat> and I just kept thinking to myself, no, it still doesn't touch inequality. But I just kept thinking, how do you solve it, you know, inequality? And, you know, I kept thinking to myself, you know, when you have things okay, like for example, somebody that didn't go through any divorces, somebody who, you know, didn't have any major calamities in life, didn't have any horrible, you know, moments that scarred them forever, or added debt to them, whatever. Someone like that marginally is 10 years ahead of the average person that's been through a divorce, maybe 20 years ahead of them, right? To ever get them to an equal status just in that would require far more than free college, right? It, it really would because you, know, you think about people that have saved up and they have money and so forth. And that's just here and now. That's like regular people doing regular things, you know, not really having equal outcomes, but so forth you know it's still a huge amount of inequality right there you know it's impossible almost to keep people on equal footing and so you oftentimes hear people say well we'll give equal access but not equal outcomes equal opportunity but not equal outcomes you're like okay but then you think to yourself if my mom and dad save ten thousand dollars and they hand me ten thousand dollars when i walk out of high school I got 10,000 bucks in my pocket and I've got very little expenses. Has that changed my life significantly? And then you think to yourself, well, at what point if mommy and daddy left me a bunch of money, would I be at a point where I didn't have to worry about working again ever at all? If I could just simply, you know, live, live my best life without worrying about having a job. At what point does that generational wealth transfer have to take place? I don't know the answer to that either. But each step along the way, when we talk about trying to normalize outcomes so everybody has an equal opportunity, equal, you know, opportunity to pursue life and happiness and, you know, so forth, you, you can never get there because ultimately people are bringing whatever they inherited, whatever they were given, had no, no fault or no um, good deed of their own. They were able to somehow or another luck into the lottery of birth. Mommy and daddy have access, they have connections, they have good house, they've got lots of money saved up. They get to spend lots of quality time with Johnny and Susie to do their homework, whatever. Um, again, how do you equal out those outcomes? How do you make that equal? And each step along the way, I realized that you have to do an awful lot. You would have to squash the top to keep them from growing. You'd have to claw back generational transfers and you would have to do an awful lot to ensure some form of equality. Because otherwise, I want you to think about this. My mom and dad, neither of which ever went to college, 
neither of my parents went to college. Both my parents were very much blue collar people. They were working blue collar kind of craft jobs. They never, ever, ever had anything to really hand off to me at all. And so when I got my degrees, I had to rush out to get student loans. I had to do a bunch of things just to get in the game. Okay. Now, people that do the kind of work that I do, that didn't have to take on a hundred thousand in debt or whatever, we're we maybe we're making the same amount of money, but are we living the same life? And the answer is absolutely not. I'm paying back. I have a huge amount of debt from that. Right? So I, there's no equality there. One might say in a more modern sense, they're taking on private debt to take on what mommy and daddy over here did for them naturally and can't actually do over here. So as this guy is doing laps around the track, this guy hasn't even gotten started yet. So in order to equal them out, we're looking at like 40 acres and a mule ain't getting this guy equal with this one. It's still not getting them equal. You would literally need to hold this guy back and allow this guy to do laps around the track to be able to get them even sort of equal. And you would have to give them more than equal access. You would have to give them real genuine opportunity. And then even under that, there's layer upon layer upon layer of self-selection where the wealthy support one another and they help each other. And they don't see us even as people, they see us as servants they see us as people that should just do our do our bit and allow them to live their best life and, and i just think to myself how in the world do you ever create equality how do you do it so i you know i'm i love sports and so i started thinking to myself well hey how come you know sports seems to have a different champion every year how come sports seems to have different teams winning their divisions every year and i think to myself wait a minute hold on even these billionaire sports owners understand that their sport would be stupid as hell if they don't create a level playing field if they don't create a salary cap so the richest owner can't just run off and buy up all the great talent and leave everybody else alone, it would be a very, very boring, very, very boring league, wouldn't it? They're big time into justice. They're big time into addressing, you know, inequities in the system, right? I mean, that's what you see in the sports world. And then you think to yourself, well, so these teams that basically have an owner that only has $4 billion are really getting their ass kicked by these owners that have $100 billion, right? How do they win that? They all revenue share. They still, the rich owners share their revenue with the poor owners. They still do this. You know what I'm saying? I think to myself, it's like, how do you balance out? How do you create that? Well, they already know that a league that is not baked into some leveling of the playing field will absolutely produce shitty results. Yet when it comes to life, they ignore this very concept. You know, I, I, I mean, I've been playing with this nonstop thinking about it. It's like, how do you 
fix that in society. And you think, okay, so who is going to voluntarily say, hey, take my stuff, stop me from growing, please raise, make sure that I'm taxed at 100% because I don't need to accumulate any additional wealth. No, I can't think of anybody. I can't think of a soul that would do that. And so I'm, I'm left with this idea that inequality can't happen, can't be fixed by asking nicely because people are going to say no. They're just going to say no. And each step through this process, I think to myself, you know, the, the team that does the worst in the NFL gets to draft first in the next year's draft. They already have it set up so that they can replenish and that the cycles continue. It's it's kind of amazing to me that they see it so clearly when it comes to sports, but they can't see it so clearly when it comes to life. The experience of regular people on a daily basis could not be any more different depending upon where you come from. Now think about a family that sits there and teaches their children all about investment, all about the business world, all about the things that they have within their, um, within their network. There's a point where someone's money automatically makes them more money, period. I, and I can't, I don't know where that break point is, whether it's 1 million, 5 million, 20 million. I don't know what it is. 100 billion, whatever that number is, there's a point where people stop worrying about the day-to-day of making their electric bill, of worrying about their house being paid for, of worrying about uh, healthcare, et cetera. There's a point where the living doesn't matter. Now it's just a matter of accumulating numbers in a ledger somewhere. And I think to myself, how do you balance that out? How do you fix that? And to me, it's like, I, I, I always go back to, we would almost need a cataclysmic event to occur to make sure that everybody is wiped clear of any kind of past inheritance, to make sure that no wealth is transferred, to make sure everybody starts at zero and to ensure that people only get like, like I remember back in the day when they had those call-in shows where it's like, if you call the radio station and you win two prizes this month that's it you can't get any more prizes so you have to get somebody else and sometimes when you see uh you know television uh programs do kind of a, a contest they'll say no one from within the family uh or workers at the company can qualify to be a part of this whatever i i just think to myself there is just literally no legitimate way of balancing things to make an equal society no matter what because it's not gaugeable in dollars it's not gaugeable only in dollars and and i think to myself well okay well if that's the case then what is it that we think we're solving for you know i think about this at a global scale and i think about the fact that groups like the united states you, know, you oftentimes hear these libertarian types talking about, well, if we're all equal, then how come Africa is so far behind? And I think to myself, well, dude, if you look at colonization and you look at the oppressors up north, 
and you look at how we suckle all the freaking uh, intellectual property and all the real resources, you name it, out of Africa, and we keep them a colonial state, and we don't invest in them, we don't allow them to expand their wings and become what they want to be. Well, it's no wonder there's huge national to national inequality as well through colonialism. And you look at how the system then is set up to ensure that that imbalance stays there forever. And that's through structural adjustments at the IMF as they branch out into the rest of the global South. Each step along the way, there is gap psychology at play. There is gap psychology all the way through this. And it's like, how do you measure yourself by the distance between you and someone else monetarily? But you also can do it by lifestyle, by by what you have access to, by what you have um, immediately at your disposal, by if everything shut down, how long you could survive versus someone else survive. And it just kept going and going and going. And I realized in the end, I don't know that there is a way to solve for inequality. I really don't, because as long as these networks can be transferable, hey, Johnny here, and I was a, I was a pledge. Johnny here, he should be able to get into the school now and have all the access to all the network too, right? So what happens to everybody else that doesn't have access to the network? They, they literally languish. You know, they give enough people enough wealth, enough of a head start, if you will, to make sure that the remainder who are there simply to serve the elite, serve the rich, they give just enough to them to keep them from ever uniting to to fix this, right? Frequently, I look back at, you know, Bacon's Rebellion, which is one of the very first examples of a kind of a revolution that took place as a workers' revolution, a 99% revolution. It was not the elites. And it was people from different walks of life. And they came together to fight against the elites. Now, it didn't work out in the end. What they ended up doing was giving poor white slobs like an extra five cents and that broke up the kind of solidarity they had um and you know the slave revolts etc they just they just broke it up they were able to break it up by giving the poor white people a nickel more just a just enough to separate them because it was gap psychology how can i give them benefits and take away those from these other people and so you know one might say, and I'm not prepared to say this, but one might say that capitalism cannot survive without a full, forever oppressed lower class, an oppressed lower class. It really ends up coming down to capital requires poverty. Capitalism requires poverty to ensure that there are always people there to do the bidding of the wealthy. And they want to keep you precarious. Why do they want to keep you precarious? Why is equality absolutely anathema to their plans, their goals? 
And in the end, if you can't be controlled, they can't control you. And if they can't control you, they can't use you. If they can't use you, they got no use for you, right? You're just eating food and taking up shelter and whatever. They need a lower class, a permanent underclass that will clean their toilets, that will take their trash out, that will make their beds for them, that will make sure coffee is ready at six o'clock in the morning and that they will have you know their food on the table and they'll be able to drive back and forth to the airport and so forth. We have to be kept in precarity for this system to work. Because if we're not in precarity, if we're not suffering, then we might actually not choose to serve the rich. Okay. I just, I think to myself, what is the advantage there? And the fact is they don't want to have to do their own work. And the people that are living their best life, they don't care. They're not looking at you. They're not wondering. You are simply just another unfortunate soul down there at the bottom waiting to serve their needs. Without having a shared understanding that this is a problem, with idiots running around saying, no one owes you a living, no one owes you anything. The libertarian trash that says garbage like that is running freaking wild out there. They don't understand the federal government could in fact invest in its people. They don't understand the federal government could in fact eliminate all generational wealth wipe it out could make it impossible could make inheritance tax 100 could do anything but it won't why because our government was always set up to protect capital was always set up to protect the elite to always protect the elite at the expense of the poor and still 